Is the SEC, and even more specifically the SEC West, more wide open than it's been in a really long time? You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, don't forget, you can also check us out on YouTube as well. My name is Caroline Fenton, and I am your host, as I am every single day. You can follow me on Twitter at CarolineFenton1. Also, follow along the podcast for updates at Locked on LSU. But let's get into it because we are now into week three of the college football season. First two games under our belts. LSU enters week three and SEC play on the road at Starkville this weekend. One and one, the loss to Florida State and a win, blowout win, 72 to 10 against Grambling over the weekend. And let's rewind to week one. I was so frustrated with this team and the way that they looked. I was so frustrated with the fact that LSU always schedules really quality non-conference opponents in week one. I mean, just look past like the last 10 years of LSU football, probably 70 to 80 percent of week ones are against either a Miami or a Florida State or a UCLA or a Wisconsin or whoever it might be. And I was like, it just is team always starts three steps behind everybody else who plays cupcakes. And look, I I admire not just LSU, but any teams that will play quality opponents in week one or earlier in the season because you get a good test and you challenge your team, so on and so forth. But I thought LSU losing that game to Florida State, it puts them in a dangerous position um, to possibly not get where they wanted to go or where we wanted this team to go or we all really expected to this team to go because entering the season and we were having conversations about LSU being a playoff team and look that could still happen you could go 11 and 1 and don't scoff don't roll your eyes because now that feels maybe more tangible than it felt last week maybe that feels more tangible than it did over the summer because where the SEC is right now The SEC is not the most dominant conference in college football. And I I don't think that that's an overstatement or understatement or whatever you want to call it. I don't think it's an overstatement by any means. Because look at the last two weeks of SEC play. What's the most impressive win? Because I would say the most impressive win that the, the, the SEC has collected in the first two weeks of college football, it was an Ole Miss on the road at Tulane, a group of five team that was playing with its backup quarterback. I mean, Tennessee beating Virginia. Virginia might be one of the worst teams in the FBS. That, do- that doesn't really do it for me. Auburn just narrowly beating Cal doesn't really impress me. There are not impressive wins that this conference has collected through two weeks. And there were plenty of opportunities to do so. 
I mean, A&M lost to Miami this past week, and they didn't look very good doing it. Alabama lost to Texas this past week, and again, didn't look very good doing it. Every team in the SEC West has shown itself to be vulnerable. Every team in the SEC that has played a quality non-conference opponent, LSU included, has failed that test, whether it's LSU playing Florida State, whether it's South Carolina playing North Carolina, whether it's Florida playing Utah, whether it is Alabama playing Texas, whether it's Texas A&M playing Miami, so on and so forth. The SEC against non-conference opponents has not been good. The SEC, a conference that that I love and you do too. The SEC, if you're a fan of an SEC school, you're an SEC homer. That just is what it is. That's what makes the SEC special and different and unique. It just means more, baby. But the SEC, the conference that I love and that you love, we part of the reason why we love it is because it's just fun to bully up on everybody else, and it's fun to be the most dominant conference and really most sports, but especially football. But man, oh man, it could that be further from the truth that every every team has shown its flaws, and LSU is not is not exempt in that. What I want to focus in on is what does this mean for LSU? Alabama losing to Texas. Let's focus in on that game because Alabama, I think, going into that game, I said Jalen Milrow, Alabama's starting quarterback, proved to me that you can throw yourself out of games if you need to. That if, if Texas and whatever team you're playing takes the run away from you, which for those that haven't watched Alabama games – that's something that Jalen Milrow has struggled with and, and continued to struggle with against Texas is throwing the football, accurate throws. What makes Jalen Milrow so good and so explosive is his ability to run the football. So if Texas took away the run, I wanted to see Jalen Milrow have to throw himself to victory. And Jalen Milrow failed that test. And it wasn't just Jalen Milrow. I mean, Texas's defensive line was bullying all up on Alabama's offensive line. And Alabama's defensive line couldn't get a whole lot of pressure on Quinn Ewers. Jalen Milrow turned the football over. It was, the Texas was far and beyond the better team. Look, think back on like every Alabama team since Nick Saban got there. Going into every season, you could name three, four, five, six, eight, nine, ten playmakers on every single team. If it wasn't Bryce Young, it was Will Anderson. If it wasn't Devontae Smith, it was Jalen Waddell. If it wasn't Julio Jones, it was Mark Ingram. If it was, you know, you could just go down the list of elite Alabama playmakers throughout, um, and it was Derrick Henry, another Alabama running back in the blame, throughout Nick Saban's tenure at Alabama. They don't have that playmaker this year. And look, it is early. It's week two, people. It's early. Things change. Teams get better. We learn a whole lot about teams in weeks six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. More than we might learn in two weeks. But look, bear with me here. Because there could still be playmakers that emerge. Not just an Alabama's team, but LSU's team, so on and so forth. Alabama doesn't have those dominant, elite, play offensive playmakers that they always traditionally have. And maybe against Texas, we learned that Bryce Young 
hid a lot of inherent depth issues and, and talent deficits on that Alabama team because Bryce Young was just Bryce Young and he was Superman. So maybe, just maybe, Alabama isn't Alabama. Maybe, just maybe, Alabama drops multiple games on their schedule this year. Maybe, just maybe, Alabama goes 9-3 and three this season. And maybe, just maybe, you could be the team that beats them because you beat them last year with the best quarterback and the best defensive player in college football. It's a beatable team this year. When you have an older team, a more mature team against a quarterback that has proven so, at least so far, to be one dimensional. When you have a lot of playmakers, and Alabama does too, there's a lot of talent on that team. But we've learned more in the past couple of years that Alabama is not infallible. And that spreads the SEC West wide open. So, how does LSU take advantage of that? We'll get into that coming up next. Passion, drive, and patience. It's what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything that you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you are looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every single time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's so easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com motors eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well, thanks again for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, college football season is here. And this season, Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our staple of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. So find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. That is 10 a.m. to noon local Baton Rouge time on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You will not want to miss it. So just a heads up, that will be on the Lockdown LSU YouTube channel every Friday in the mid-afternoon. So the SEC, it's the SEC is struggling now. And as an SEC homer, I think of that and say, yikes, well, that's not a very good look for a conference that already has had a target on its back for being the most dominant conference in all of college football and also a a target on its back for basically being responsible for uh, the massive conference realignment and changes that are happening, happening in college football. Of course, the first domino to fall was Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, and then it was USC and UCLA to the Big Ten, and now it's all madness and craziness, and the Pac-12 is done, and the Big 12 has like 37 schools in it. It's crazy. It's madness. So, you know, the SEC for the longest, really for forever, has been the hunter. Man, the past couple of weeks, the SEC feels like it's the haunted, hunted rather. 
And I don't know what the reason for that is. Just a down year for the SEC, maybe several programs in limbo, whether it's coaching changes or quarterback changes, maybe the quality of play for from quarterbacks in the SEC is just not really what it used to be. You know, you had two quarterbacks in the SEC go in the top four picks of the NFL draft this past season with Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson. You had Hendon Hooker get picked later in the draft. So you're replacing a lot of starting quarterbacks. You don't have a whole lot of retention across the league. I mean, it's something that I talk about all the time with LSU, especially going into the season, was LSU was the only team, excuse me, one of two teams in the SEC that returned both coordinators and a quarterback. The only other team to do that is Vanderbilt. So you had so much change, so much shakeup, both personnel-wise and coaching staff-wise. I think part of the reason of that is the transfer portal. That, you know, really, historically, the big only got bitter, bigger when it came to recruiting. That programs like LSU, programs like Alabama, programs like Michigan and Ohio State, they would just get the best players and the rest of the players that weren't those four-star, five-star elite talent, top talent in the country would go elsewhere. And that just left the big men at the top and everybody else to just fend for themselves and hope that they can fall into a solid bowl game. Now, within the transfer portal, it's it's – all bets are off. I mean, look at what Deion Sanders is doing at Colorado. Colorado won two games last year. And Colorado is now 2-0 through two weeks. Deion Sanders built that, that entire program, that entire roster, through the transfer portal. So it's just a different age and a different era of college football where you build teams different ways. And maybe you're starting to see the effects of that. That now it's no longer just the big stay big. Maybe the big have to work even harder at staying big. And sometimes you, you know, you, you have to feel the effects of that. Sometimes the small can get bigger. Like, for example, with Colorado. So how can LSU take advantage of that, of an SEC that through two weeks looks to really struggle? I mentioned Alabama, their quarterback woes, their their lines, you know, both lines of scrimmage are, are struggling. Texas A&M is another team that, lost to Miami over the weekend, and didn't look particularly good doing it. Now, I believe in Connor Wigman. I believe in that quarterback. But really, other than that, Texas A&M's defense was atrocious. That's a beatable team. Alabama is a beatable team. I mean, Ole Miss was uh, trailing a majority of the first half against Tulane, and Tulane didn't even have their starting quarterback. Now, credit to Jackson Dart and credit – to that defense and, you know, their second half performance against Tulane to be able to pull that win out. But that's not necessarily a win that makes me shake in my boots and think that Ole Miss is some sort of, you know, juggernaut in the SEC West that can just run the table. That's a beatable team. Auburn struggled to squeak out a win against Cal. Mississippi State went to overtime against Arizona. I mean, I'm not talking about Ohio State here. I'm not talking about USC with the raising with the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Like I'm talking about teams that might not be in the top half of their conferences in Cal and Arizona. I'm talking about a Tulane team that's not even a Power Five conference. And look, Tulane's a solid team now, but they didn't even have their starting quarterback. Like these are teams that are struggling mightily, and you're one of them. You lost to Florida State. 
But also, Florida State's looking like a much better team than I think I expected. I'm not going to say all of us expected because you may have expected them to be pretty good. I'm going to say I didn't expect them to be one of the top three, top four teams in college football. But they have proven me wrong, at least for two weeks. So when I look at it, when I look at LSU's schedule, when I went into this season, yes, it's hard. Yes, it's a juggernaut. Yes, it, it's going to be difficult because it's the SEC West and you play Alabama and you play Auburn and you play Ole Miss and you play Mississippi State, and play Arkansas, and you play Florida. Florida is another team that just, honestly, just looks like they stink. My goodness. Um, but every year your schedule is going to be hard. Going into the season, you know, you get Missouri instead of Tennessee. That's That schedule is going to inherently be easier than what you had last season but still it's a tough schedule the way that I look at the the outlook for the rest of LSU schedule and the way that I view you know how the rest of the season could go I think it's a lot less intimidating now than it was three weeks ago because Alabama doesn't look like the Alabama that we know Texas A&M like I said they look like a beatable team LSU just needs to take care of business there are a lot of teams in transition in the SEC West. Auburn is one of them. It feels like Texas A&M might still have some a few steps to take before they can be Texas A&M. You know, Alabama looks like they're in quarterback limbo at the moment. You know, the coordinator limbo perhaps as well with Tommy Reese in his first season as a play caller. What you need to do is just take care of your business. Is just to beat Mississippi State this weekend continue to get better week after week and hope that you can kind of take advantage of an SEC West that's simply not the juggernaut that we are used to SEC West to the SEC West being, frankly. So, look, maybe you're more like the rest of those teams, like the Alabamas and the Ole Misses and the Auburns, that you're just like simply not a very dominant team, but you can squeak out wins here and there. Maybe that's the case. And I think we're going to learn what this LSU team is and what they can be, or at least start to learn uh, this weekend against Mississippi State. But the, the fact remains that this is a winnable SEC West. Let them all shoot themselves in the foot. Let, let Alabama lose to Texas in, in double digits. You know, let Texas A&M's defense give up a kajillion yards to Tyler Van Dyke in Miami. Play clean football. Do what you need to do. You got that Florida State loss, and that was embarrassing, and that's a splotch on your schedule. But moving forward, you have the opportunity to run the table. Let yourself do it and let everyone else shoot themselves in the foot. Let's get into your questions coming up next because it is, in fact, a Mailbag Wednesday. So we'll get right into your questions on the other side. So I want to tell you about Jace Medical. So I'll rewind to 2020. So in 2020, during the height of the COVID pandemic, I was living in Connecticut at the time, and I moved back in with my parents just to, you know, to be home, to be safe, to not be alone. So I was living with my parents for a few months during COVID, but that left me away from my primary care physician. That left me away from a normal pharmacist. And I was left, since I was there for so long, I was there for so many months, I was left without access to my pharmaceuticals, and I was left without access to my doctor to write me another prescription. So that's when I went to Jace Medical. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics 
for emergency use. And all it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form. And in some cases, just jump on a quick call with one of the board certified physicians and you can save yourself, whether you're on the road, if you're on vacation, if you don't have access to a doctor, you know, how many times have you just had something simple, maybe a cold or a sinus infection or an ear infection, and you just need a prescription, you need some sort of antibiotic to help you. But it's like, yeah, the doctor can see you in 13 to 14 business days. Like, no, 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 no. I need the help right now. So Jace Medical will help you out with that. It is so simple. Just go online, fill out a form, and then get your prescription, your life-saving medications right to your door. The Jace case gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using my code Locked On. All one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Well, thanks again for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. Coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked in LSU, we'll have a full preview of LSU hitting the road at Mississippi State with Zach Arnett, Mississippi State head coach, had to say about his impression of the Tigers, how they plan to stop Jaden Daniels with a full Mississippi State preview. Also, just heads up, this is not, you know, if you thought you knew Mississippi State football, this is a completely brand new looking team. So full uh Behind enemy lines, if you will, coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked in LSU. But it is a Mailbag Wednesday, so we'll get into some of your questions. Appreciate everybody for sending those questions in. You can send them in every week on Twitter at CarolineFenton1, or you can send them in at Locked in LSU. And, of course, if you're watching on the YouTube page, you can comment below on Locked on LSU. But Ryan sends in a question on Twitter, DM'd me, so you can absolutely do that. Sends in a question on Twitter about my evaluation of the wide receiving core so far through two weeks. Um, look, against Graham, like, I thought Brian Thomas had a heck of a game. You know, he had a drop early, and that is a concern. That absolutely is a concern that has trickled over from the Florida State game when so many times, you know, it, we all we talk about how Jaden Daniels struggles as a passer at times, and that is one hundred percent correct in a fair evaluation of Jaden Daniels. But there were also uh, so many instances against Florida State where either Brian Thomas or Kyron Lacy got hit right in the hands or got hit with catchable balls, and they just simply did not come down with those with those catches. I mean, I don't care if you're playing. You know, I don't care if you're playing Florida State. I don't care if you're playing Alabama. I don't care who you're playing. Whether it's the easiest team in the, in the world to beat or the hardest team in the world to beat, you have to come down with those catches, especially when, you know, the passing game was struggling as much as it was against Florida State. So that is one aspect of the wide receiving core that is uh, is going to be kind of at the forefront of my mind to make sure that, you know, those drops aren't happening. So Brian Thomas had the early drop against Grambling. But really, I mean, other than that, I thought he had a, a solid day um, pulling up his stat line here. He was 6 for 78 and two touchdowns. Malik Neighbors, your leading receiver on the day, five receptions for 87 yards and a touchdown. I'm not concerned about Malik Neighbors. Malik Neighbors is as advertised. The communication between he and Jaden Daniels was frustrating against Florida State. You know, you saw 
you know, when LSU was in the red zone and, and Jaden Daniels targeted Malik Neighbor several times. And you could see Malik Neighbor is like pointing up like, hey, you know, you threw this ball right in the back of the defender. I need this to pop up a little bit, which would have been ultimately a touchdown. Um, so the communication is something that will grow and improve throughout the season. Would it have been great if it was coming out firing on all cylinders week one, especially after having a full season to build that chemistry and to clarify all that communication? Yes, absolutely. But again, that's behind us moving forward to Mississippi State. Um, just making sure that that communication and all of those those wrinkles are ironed out. One thing. Um, I like seeing a good bit of Aaron Anderson. He's going to be more of a special teams highlight. I want to see more of him. I also want to see Shelton Sampson. That's not somebody that we've talked about enough. And Brian Kelly said he's just not quite ready yet. But Shelton Sampson, of course, the five-star receiver from Catholic High um, in the 2023 class. That's, I mean, if he's not ready, he's not ready. And that's the coaching staff's decision. But I would really like to see him hit the field at some point throughout this season, give this receiving room a little bit of youth, a little bit of boost, let him, you know, kind of knock those, those rookie nerves off just a little bit. Um, another question. And this was the theme of the, of the grambling game was what is your concern level of the defense? Now, look, that first half against grambling, it was concerning because I mean, <laughs> You gave up 300-something yards to Grambling on the ground and in the air. You can't be doing that, especially when you've got SEC play coming up this week. And credit to the defense for making those adjustments. They started in a 4-3, and then they started to put up a little bit more pressure um, on the defensive front to try and stuff the run and get more pressure on Miles Crawley, uh, Grambling's quarterback, and that worked. And at that point, Grambling, you know, just punted the rest of the of the game but still you know that's that's something that is unacceptable from a defense more specifically a defensive front that just has so much talent on it secondary a concern absolutely it was a concern it is a concern it will continue to be a concern but you know a defensive line with that much size and athleticism and just pure talent you can't be doing that you know and you can't afford you can't afford to give up that many opportunities in SEC play. So concern level for the defense in the first half was like um, a 12 out of 10. Seeing those adjustments, you know, it's it's still going to be something that I focus on early in games because LSU, it was a theme of that of this team last year. They got off to slow starts. Can't be doing that this year. Um, not going to be getting a whole lot of gimmies. Um, so it's, they did what they needed to do after they didn't do what they needed to do, if that makes sense. So take that with, uh, I think I just take it at surface level. Defense didn't look good, and then they did. Um, so not over, too overly concerned about the defensive front, but am concerned about the secondary. But that's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. Again, coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked in LSU, we'll have a full Mississippi State preview.